Welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. How are we doing tonight? We get a double dosage yesterday. It's so sad that we have to split you all up. I wish we could all be in the same room packed like crazy, but soon, soon, maybe by November, Lord willing, that we can all be gathered together. We do have a plan similar to this one in November when Pastor Maria, I promise you I have more friends than just Pastor Maria. I know you're like, my gosh, does Pastor Maria have zero friends? So he's Pat. She's just like my mom. And let me tell you something. You know how you have those friends that like, when you text them, they're like, hey, I need to talk. If you have some time this week, you know, give me a call. They call you like two months later. With Pastor Maria, I'm like, hey, mama. I call her mama. Like, if you have a few minutes sometime this week, I'm kind of in a bind and, you know, could use some wisdom and prayer. Literally seconds later, she's like, what's the matter, honey? What do I need to pray for you about? I'm like, oh, mom, I need your help. And so I just feel like if I'm going to bring people here, it's going to be people we trust, we love, we know their fire, we know the anointing on their life. And I really love Pastor Maria. I share passionately um, with you about the love I have for this woman and she is a woman of character longevity and I feel like every time she's come to minister she has deposited something um, not just rich but like if there's a word that's more than rich it's that one and um, so yeah I'm excited for that Um, we depending on COVID and what's happening at that point in the game uh, we'll probably break it up like we are now which will be a Friday night and Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon and then a Saturday early evening and then on Saturday night. So it'll be two different groups, but Lord willing, we'll all be able to gather again. But believe it or not, during COVID, our church has grown quite a lot. Yesterday, I barely recognized any of the women in our crowd. And so it's amazing what God can do in the middle of a storm, right? It's amazing what uh, the enemy has intended for harm. So I think Already last November, we were at capacity for Resilient Woman. I think we may need to split it up anyway just so that we can have all the other women that are new and coming out to Church Alive. So if this is your first time at a Resilient Woman, I want to say welcome home. I'm so honored that you're here on a Wednesday night in the middle of mayhem. You know what I'm saying? But that's how God's daughters do it. We dance upon disappointment. We dance upon discouragement because we know God is with us. Amen. All right. I'm loving this music. I'm about to dance up here. You know, I don't really know the Latino thing. It's something like this, but uh, we're going to dance. I mean, we're going to pray and dance. Why don't you stand with me as we once again, just touch the throne of heaven and welcome his presence here with us tonight, man. I'm excited about this word tonight. I feel it strongly for me this week, and I pray that it will touch your life in a powerful way, that it wouldn't be my words, but it would be the words of heaven downloaded into your spirit, and that it wouldn't just be another service, but it would be a life-defining moment for many, if not all. Welcome to those of you online. Again, I'm honored that you're joining us. It's We don't take it lightly, and we're so grateful that you are with us in spirit, but online. So uh, let's pray. God, I love you. 
God, I thank you. You are so real, and I can't even believe that we get to serve you. Like, we get to. We don't have to. It's incredible. We get to serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we are in awe of your goodness, of your royalty, of your majesty, of your greatness, of, of all that you are and all that you will continue to be, Father. Tonight, as we come together to hear your word, I, I desperately ask you, God, that it would be none of me, Father, that it wouldn't be my ideas on paper, that it wouldn't be my working, but Father, that it would be your Holy Spirit downloading a message from your kingdom into the hearts and souls of your daughters. I pray that it would become a seal upon their heart. Lord, that tonight these women, these resilient women would carry this word and just rock it home with them, Father. I pray that you would anoint my lips, anoint my mind, anoint my heart, that I would just flow according to what you have in store for them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Before you sit, we're going to read our passage. Thank you, guys. You are phenomenal. I mean, worship tonight, hello. Like, I'm sorry. When I tell you, I mean, when I tell you we have people from all over the world that come to preach that have mega churches, and they come and they hear our worship, they're like, how? We're like, I know. I know. I'll teach you everything I know. I'm not just kidding. But let's open up to Matthew chapter 14. It'll be the passage for tonight, and then we're going to get right into it. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22. I'm just going to give you some context. Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000 men. The Bible says that it's only counting men. That means women and kids were also there because we know women. It's not just the men who like to eat. We like our steak, all right, and potatoes too, all right, and our salad, fine. But we like our, our shrimp and garlic sauce, our salmon, whatever it is. And if Jesus is making the miracle, we know the food's going to be real good and not, not have many calories. So... There was a lot of people there, so who knows, maybe 15,000, who knows at that point how many people, but Jesus had just finished this incredible miracle, and that's where we pick up the story. So immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile... The disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus, oh, there was an echo. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. The audacity. I love Peter. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw, I want you to say saw. saw. Say it again, saw. saw. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. I want you to say sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. 
You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. And the story goes on. You guys can take a seat. Speaking of boats and crazy waves, I have a story to tell you, but I have to be honest. Before I tell you this story, and those of you online, I need you guys to make me a promise. Now we're in church, so you can't break your promise. You can't break a promise out of church either, because we're the church no matter where we go. Amen. Amen. You cannot judge me or my parenting skills after I tell you this story. You promise? I want to see every hand up. Do you promise? You will not judge me. If I get an Instagram DM about this, I will block you. Okay, do not judge me. You can judge Anthony because it's partially his fault. A couple of weeks ago, we went on vacation with a family from our church. I'm going to tell them this story, babe. <laughs> He's got his version. He's saying, my version is always truthful, though. So, uh, <laughs> and not exaggerated at all. Anyway, we go on vacation with this family from church, Elena and Milton. We call, I call them the Elenas. Elena, Milton, and their kids. They have three kids. And I was like, we should do a family vacation because my kids need friends, especially during this COVID thing. It's crazy and we need people and oh my gosh. So we found this cute little place in Wildswood. I'm a Jersey Shore guy. Girl, not guy, girl. Anthony is still new to the Jersey Shore and I'll tell you how new he is to the Jersey Shore. When we were talking about things you can get at the Jersey Shore, like the boardwalk, he's like, I don't like that like noodle thing with like powder on top. And me and my sister were like, what noodle thing with powder on top? He's like, you know, that fried noodle thing with I'm like, funnel cake? He's like, yeah, that thing. I was like, noodles? That is not noodles. But that's how not American and not Jersey my husband is. So anyway, back to the Wildwood story. That was a LBI story. Anyway, so we are in Wildwood. We got this cute little place on this bay. And um, with this house came some really cool toys. Came a kayak, this like big inflatable kayak, the regular one and the inflatable one. Came some like floaties, some paddle boards, and all this like fun stuff that our kids could do. Now, there's high tide and low tide on this base. So for the most part, my kids are great at swimming, except for Hopi, she's getting there. But anytime she's on the dock or in the water, she has to have her floaties. End of story, I'll wrestle you to the ground if you think that's wrong. They have to have floaties on. But I also believed, hey, it's not our house, and the rules say please have children have life vests on at all times, and even though my kids can swim, I felt more comfortable that they should always have their life vests on. My husband, on the other hand, thinks, babe, babe, okay, they know how to swim, babe, it's, it's right here, it's not dangerous, babe, the Aussie laid-backness of my husband. He's like, they don't need it. I'm like, as long as they are in my supervision, they are wearing life vests. So, of course, they're like, mom, it's so boring. And he's like, babe, it gives them rashes, babe, you know, cramps their style with swimming, you know, they need to work on their style. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they have to wear life vests. Anyway, whenever they were in my supervision, life jackets were on. When they were in his, they were not. However, one day towards the end of the week, I decided to go on this little kayak, this big one actually, an inflatable one with my friend Elena. And I said, hey, let's just go hang out, like not too far from the house. Let's just, you know, lay here, you know, not work out because who does that? No, we're going to just like lay out, you know what I'm saying? And so we were laying out there and we brought Hopi with us in her life jacket. And so all of a sudden we're there and before we knew it, we didn't realize that our kayak had actually drifted quite, quite a distance. A few minutes later, we see our kids and her kids come on the paddle boards, like the ones that you stand up and you like, you know what I'm talking about, like one of those things. And they're coming, 
without life jackets. However, the current was really strong that day, like really strong. And we had actually drifted away from the house about 20, 25 minutes. Like it was actually quite a distance. And the kids are like, we should go find our moms without life jackets. And I was like, what the heck? So there they are. And then Elena was like, you know what? I'm going to go for a swim. I was like, all right. Not realizing what was about to happen. A shark. Just kidding. And so <laughs> she, <laughs> just kidding. Making sure you're paying attention because my stories take a long time. My sister's like, are you still talking about the same story? And so, yes, I am. Just making sure you're awake. Anyway, so she jumps out of the boat and I'm like, wow, it's so much quicker. I can actually like row closer to home. But the current then took us in two different directions. Elena's stuck back there. And I'm over here, and the kids are coming. So Elena's daughter is like, I'm going to paddle towards my mom and get her on the paddle boat. And Ben's like, well, then I'll jump off the paddleboard and go swim to my mom without a life vest. Ben comes not realizing how strong the current was. He was stuck in the same place for like, I don't even know. It felt like an eternity, but like five minutes. And he's like... And he's, like, getting exhausted. He's like, Ma, I can't get to you. And I'm like, oh, my God. My son can't get to me. I'm like, Daddy, get over here. And then I can't get to him because the boat's pulling me away from him. And he's trying to come to me. Finally, we get to each other. But then I can't get him on the boat. At this point, he's exhausted. He has no strength in his arms. No, like none. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm trying to get him onto this huge inflatable kayak thing. Can't get him on. Then I have the bright idea. Let me jump out of the kayak and push him in. Well, I jumped out and half of my idea worked. I got him in, but then I couldn't get him. Meanwhile, Elena and Gabby are already towards the house, not realizing we're stuck. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> I have Hopi here with a life jacket, but Ben and I, no life jackets. So Ben is in. He's trying to help me. I can't get in. I'm getting exhausted. So I'm like, you know what? I'm a pretty strong person, and I can swim. I'm going to try to swim with this kayak back to the house. And there I am. Guys, you should have seen it. It was amazing. I'm like, <laughs> with one hand. <laughs> I'm going. I'm like, this is amazing. And then I stop. I did not move. I got this Ben. He's like, Mom, we're not moving. I'm like, yes, we are. Yes, we are. We didn't move. At this point, I'm actually beginning to freak out because I'm starting to get exhausted. I can't get up on the boat. My, it's freezing. Like, the bay is different than the ocean. It was just really cold. And I, I panicked a little bit. And I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, I'm hyperventilating. I can't breathe. And I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, somebody, like, get word to Anthony. And I think they saw me, like, you know, one of these. And all of a sudden, I see Anthony coming. And I'm like, oh, glory to God. Okay, good. He's stronger than I am. So he comes. And I'm like, get me on the boat. At this time, he had an extra life jacket. I put it on so I could, like, take a second to breathe. And then he couldn't get me on the boat. At this point, I'm like, I have no upper body strength anymore. And the current was so strong. I mean, the current was so strong, he could not push us. Now, if you know my husband, he's a transformed man. So he can lift weights, and he's very strong. But he's mine, so watch it. <laughs> however, however... He couldn't get us. Like, he could not get the kayak moving. And I'm like, 
oh my gosh, this is it, Jesus, I'm going to meet you tonight. Oh my gosh, because I was failing. I literally wasn't like, I love you guys, you know. And I'm very dramatic, just so in case you didn't know that side of me. All of a sudden, to my distance, I see a jet ski and a boat coming right in our direction. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're coming for me. And they really were, actually, that's for real. They were coming in my direction. They're like, you guys are stuck? We're like, yes! I'm so stuck. So he gets me up on the jet ski. We tie both kayaks together, and then we head back to the house. I lived, guys. I lived. It did. It could have been avoided, though. I'm just saying. We could have been, you know, not having this story. But it serves for a great illustration. Thank you. So anyway, here's the reality. I needed a different source of strength. My strength ran out. His strength was not enough. And the reality is in life, we sometimes think it's all about our strength, what we can do to overcome our struggle, to overcome our disappointment, our discouragement, and we run out of strength because we don't realize that we haven't tapped into the perfect strength, the uncommon source of strength, which is God's. And what happens is the reason why that we so often get caught in discouragement, we want to quit, we want to throw in our towel, we forget about being faithful, we just want to say, I can't do it anymore. Pastor Miriam, I'm tired of failing. Pastor Miriam, it's just not worth it. The struggle, the temptation, the disappointment, the fear, the loneliness at work, it's like every day there's a new bomb being dropped. Anyone ever feel like that at work? I do. Me and Katie this week, like every day there was a different bomb being dropped. I was like, I rebuke you, Satan. (laughs) But that is the reality. And then in your own strength, you look at the reality of what is happening and you say to yourself, I just don't, hello, I just don't have the strength. I just don't have the strength anymore. I just don't have the courage. I just don't, I just can't do it anymore, Pastor Miriam. I'm a pastor. I'm a wife. I'm a friend. I'm a mom. And I hear things like, I just can't do it anymore. I'm falling apart. I'm weak. I'm afraid. I just want to quit. I want to give in. I failed. It's too hard. And I want to tell you this, ladies, the source of strength I want to talk to you about tonight is God's perfect strength because in his strength, Our weakness is actually made perfect. When we are weak, he is strong. Our weakness is no competition for the supernatural power of God. Our weakness is no match for his strength. And in case you're saying, well, that's God. I'm just Miriam. I'm just Berlani. I'm just Priscilla. I'm just Brianna. That's just, you know, I'm not God. I'm not the Almighty. But last time I checked... The Almighty doesn't just pass us by. The Almighty resides within us. He doesn't just pass by us. The Almighty, the Holy Ghost, he resides within us. You see, like Pastor Magno said earlier, you see God, he comes behind us. He comes before us. He comes all around us. He is the shield and the lifter of our head. And what happens is too often we forget that God is Emmanuel. God is with us. It's all a matter of the fact that we forget. And I'm going to tell you why we forget in a second when we pack, unpack this story a little bit about Jesus in the boat and Peter being all savage and all trying to walk on that water. Can you be strong in yourself? Can you be strong in yourself? Of course you can. Absolutely. 
but our strength won't be perfect. It will run out when we get tired. You know, I'm pretty strong physically. I can literally, I'm not even kidding you, I can literally put grown men in headlocks. But on that day, on that bay, real quickly, my strength ran out. My husband is 10 times stronger than me, if not more. But on that day, his strength, it's not that it ran out. It just wasn't enough to push the rest of us to shore. And that's the reality. It doesn't matter how tough you think you are, how strong, how thick skin that you might have. It has nothing to do with the exterior, the way you talk, the way you snap your fingers, shake your shoulders. It doesn't matter. Because if the strength that you have on the outside isn't greater than the strength that you have on the inside, the outside's going to run out. And we need Holy Ghost supernatural, uncommon strength for days that we're living in today. For the way the culture wants us to, to turn our backs on the principles of God. You see, the world wants us to violate his word, make excuses for his word. But God, he arms us and clothes us with strength so that not in ours, but in his perfect strength, we're able and capable to do the impossible. You see, a lot of people, that part of that story, when, and we're going to get to it in a little bit, but, you know, Jesus rebukes Peter, you of little faith. But, like, he walked on water. The other disciples just stayed in the boat, like, in a fetal position, like, like Hopi, you know, like sucking her thumb. But Peter actually jumped out of the boat, and he walked. You know, that storm that they were in, it was bad. The waves were big. The wind was insane, right? And, and to make matters worse, as, as they're in that boat and they look in the distance, they thought they were seeing a ghost. It's kind of like 2020. It's like everything is happening, and then you look at it, you're like, oh, no, more is coming. The murder hornets are coming. <laughs> the asteroid the day before election day, it's coming. It's like, what else? Stop saying that. I've seen too many people say, what else can go wrong? Stop saying that. <laughs> Just say nothing else will go wrong for the love of all mankind. <laughs> but they see this, what looks like a ghost coming their way, and, and it was Jesus, but they couldn't make it out, you see, because the waves were so strong, and, and the wind against their skin was, was blowing so hard that because of their fear, they couldn't see straight. You see, they had to rub their eyes a little bit. They had to change their focus. They had to readjust their gaze because for all they could tell, it was something bad coming again because all around them was fear. All around them was disaster, but they had to adjust their eyes a little bit and be like, wait a second, is that a ghost? No, wait. Wait, who is that? It's me. It's Jesus. Take courage, he says. Take courage, he says. They were in fear. They were in panic. And when we are in fear and when we are in panic, we can't see straight. When we're tired, when we're exhausted, we can't see straight and we start making excuses and we start giving into the desires of the flesh into our temptation into our fear into our whatever it is in whatever season that you may be in right now but I want to tell you evaluate what you're looking at for a moment because maybe you think it's something bad coming your way but maybe it's Jesus trying to rescue you from the storm that you're in but you have to rub your eyes a little bit and you got to take your eyes off the waves and you got to take your eyes off the winds and just say but wait 
someone's walking above the stormy waters. And his name is Jesus. Peter, with all his boldness, strength, and courage, said, if it's truly you, have me walk on water with you. And Jesus said, come. And Peter, in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a crazy current, crazy wind, jumped out and began to walk. You see, he had just been with Jesus, and he had witnessed that major miracle. 5,000 people, but that wasn't the only miracle that Peter had already witnessed Jesus do. So he knew what Jesus had already done. So he knew even though it was crazy to think he can walk on stormy waters in the middle of a storm like Hurricane Katrina or Sandy or whoever. I don't even know. There's another one, Laura or something coming. I rebuke that too. Whatever. And so like all of a sudden, it's like, no, no, no. That's Jesus. He just did that. He can make me walk on water. And he jumps out. But the moment he took his focus off of Jesus, remember when I told you to repeat that word, saw, when he saw the waves, he went like this, ready? He, he shifted his eyes off of Jesus. He shifted his eyes after the author and the founder of his faith. He shifted his eyes away from the truth, away from the righteousness, away from hope, away from peace, away from joy, away from strength, away from holiness. He shifted his eyes. He shifted his gaze. He shifted his focus outside of the will of God, which is the son of God. And he sunk. And he started to sink. He started to sink. See, at least Peter walked. At least he trusted Jesus to step out of that boat. Because if anyone can calm that storm, it's Jesus. If anyone can go into a fiery furnace and keep three men alive, it is Jesus. If anyone can go into a lion's den and shut the lion's mouth, it is Jesus. If anyone can go into an impossible situation and make it possible, it is Jesus. And Peter had that revelation of his Savior. Do you have that revelation of your Savior? I found this verse the other day, and I don't think I've ever noticed it before. And I was like, wow. I, I mean, honestly, I've, I probably would be using it in every sermon if I've noticed it. And I've read the Bible a few times through. Hosea 2.15, check what it says. It says, God will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. Yes. Hear that again. I wish I could do those dances, you know, like I can't do it. God will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway, a doorway of hope. I want to let you know it is possible for him to take what you're going through and turn it for good. See, sometimes we just want God to stop the rain. God doesn't have to stop the rain. He can just command you to walk on water. Sometimes we want him to turn down the heat. We don't need him to turn down the heat. We just need to be able to withstand the heat because he's with us. We want him to stop all of our problems, God. No, God doesn't want to stop all your problems sometimes. He wants to make you strong in your problems. He wants you to know God in your problems, in your marriage, in your finances, in your health, in the state of your mind in the state
state of your mind. So often we talk about finances and relationships and health. And, and yes, that is the reality. But so often as women, the struggle is here. It's in here. It's depression. It's anxiety. It's not being good enough. Insecurities. All this crap that the lies of the enemy just instills into your head. And the reality is we buy his garbage. And we forget our identity. We forget that he's called us royalty. He called us princesses. We are valuable in the sight of our God. And we forget because we're too often looking to the side instead of right ahead of us. We've looked to the side. We, we take our eyes off of the purpose, the calling, the, the will of the Father for our lives because the heat got hotter than we thought we could handle. Really quickly, I want to debunk some myths about strength. Number one, being strong is not about your personality type. A lot of people tell me because I have this type of personality that I must be really strong. I'm just like everybody else. Just because someone sounds tough doesn't make them strong. Just because someone is timid doesn't make them weak. Just because someone is sensitive doesn't mean they can't be strong. Personality has nothing to do with strength that resides in you because that strength that resides in you is Holy Ghost given. You see, if God gives us a measure of something, it's perfect. And it's our, it's our job to steward what he gives us. He gives you a measure of strength. How do you steward that strength? Do you feed it or do you starve it? Number two, your past does not determine whether or not you are strong. Yes, our experiences, they can mature us if we allow them or they can break us if we allow them. Our past can give us thick skin or our past can make, make us extremely sensitive and easily offended. But my mistakes, my failures, what someone's done to me, how someone's betrayed me, how someone's lied to me, that does not determine if I have more or less strength available to me because we are all given this measure of faith and of strength. Acts chapter 1 verses 8 says, but the Holy Spirit will give you power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When was the last time you just stayed in worship and just been like, Spirit of God, just fall on me? Like not to ask him for something. I mean, I think we're all good at asking God for things. I mean, I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. God, please. But some, I'm going to confess, sometimes I forget to just be like, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And it's in those Holy Spirit come moments. It's in the moments when you're flat out on the floor waiting for his presence. It's in the moments when you're kneeling. It's in the moments when you're standing. It's in the moments when you're waiting upon the Lord that he drops his anointing on your life. And you're like, wait, just like Peter. He saw Jesus. And then suddenly he got filled with courage. It was almost like that gaze just did something supernatural to Peter. And he was able to jump out of that kayak and walk on water. So what happens when we don't tap into this supernatural Holy Ghost-given strength. Number one, we get paralyzed by the storms of life. You see, 
there's a tendency in, in, in a physical storm, in a natural storm, for us to retreat, right? Like, if it's thunder and it's lightning, unless you're like a kid and you're like, you love almost dying, like you love like playing with death, you know, kind of, kind of thing. You know, like boys, like, oh great, I can almost die, let me go get a motorcycle. You know, like, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, like, it's like, let me do things that make me almost die. Like, that's what boys like to do. There's someone I'm looking for, but he's hiding. There he is. And someone else's husband here, the brothers, got motorcycles. They thought it was going to increase my prayer life, but I said, no, I will not be praying more for you. I will be praying the same amount. So they're like, Ma, I know you're going to be praying for me anymore because I'm on a motorcycle. I'm like, no, actually, if you die, well, you go to heaven, you meet Jesus quicker. So <laughs> I love you, wherever you are. Okay. Tendency in a storm is to retreat. It's to hide. It's to take shelter. It's to fear. But God invites us to set our eyes on Jesus where our strength comes from so we can walk above those stormy waters. See, that's the difference. When you don't set your eyes on Jesus, when you don't get that strength from him, in the middle of a storm, you retreat. You, you, you like, oh, I, do I trust God? Do, uh, should I? Mm, uh, and you retreat. You move back. You, you, you get paralyzed. The other disciples, they were scared. They didn't follow Peter. You see, that miracle wasn't just reserved for Peter. That miracle could have been everybody's miracle in that boat. They could all have been like, all right, even though Peter was the first one who had the guts to ask, they could have been like, yo, I'm going with you. Don't leave me behind. I have FOMO. I would have waited till Peter first walked, and then I would join him just to make sure he lived. You know what I'm saying? But, like, other people, like, Katie, she'd be out there with Peter too, you know? But other people, they had the opportunity, those disciples, to join them, but they instead they they shrunk back. They they got paralyzed. They didn't know that there was uncommon strength in the God in the in the gaze of Jesus in the in, in looking at Jesus. And it was in that focus that gave him the courage to step out. That gave him the strength to walk on those stormy waters. You see, when you get disappointed in the storm, don't retreat, don't retreat, look to Jesus. When you're afraid in the storm, look to Jesus. When you feel alone, when you feel insufficient, when you feel forgotten, look to Jesus. When you look in the mirror and you hate what you see, look to Jesus. When you look at your gift set and you don't think it's enough, look to Jesus. When you look at your butt and you don't like what you see, look to Jesus. Number two, if you don't tap into this uncommon strength, you're going to start sinking in the storms of life. So what's the difference, Pastor Miriam? Well, I first talked about being paralyzed. That's when you actually never stepped out in faith, right? When you've never tapped into that uncommon strength. You see, Peter, there's, there's two different groups here. There's the people who got paralyzed and then the person who sunk. See, Peter actually, he, he stepped out in faith, but... He did step out. He, he, he was serving for the first time. He, he checked off all the boxes and thrived. Like, I'm moving along in this thing called Church Alive. You know what I'm saying? I'm growing. I'm getting discipled. And things are going well. He's attending church, doing all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I'm serving Jesus. A hard time hits. And you're like, wait a minute. How can a hard time hit? I'm like serving Jesus and everything is perfect and Jesus is supposed to make me have this perfect life and no pain and no issues and no struggles and no flesh issues and nothing I have to die to, etc., etc. But that's not what he promises. He says, in the world you will have trials, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. 
His word also says in Psalm, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but Jesus, God, has overcome them all. So the word of God is promising us that we will go through trials. We will go through hard times. We will go through disappointments. We will be heartbroken. We will have all of that stuff happen to us. But the difference is when we are with Jesus, when he's in front of us, we don't have to navigate that journey alone. So one group got paralyzed. Peter started making strides. He left the world behind him. He left the mindsets of the world, the friends of the world, leaving his fears behind. See, even if you step out, if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, you can very quickly start to sink. Once you lose sight of him and you see the magnitude of the waves and you feel the wind, it's very easy to switch gears and to, I trust you, Lord, and to wait a second, I thought I trusted you, but let me take that burden back to myself. Let me take care of that instead of you, God. It's like, here, Jesus, take your strength back. I'll use mine. I've said that and done that. I haven't, like, literally said that, but my actions have said that. We will start to sink when we start to doubt what God has said. You know, Eve, she ate of the, of the apple when the devil confused her by saying, did God really say that? Did God really forbid the apple? I mean, it's an apple. How God created the apple, it's, it's healthy, it's a piece of fruit. Like, did God really tell you you would die if you had of that fruit? And she, and the, and the serpent manipulated Eve. And she took a bite of that apple because she doubted the word of God and his principles for her life. Because it's in his principles that there is protection outside of the protection of God's word, you open up a, a fence into a world that you have no idea you are going into. Don't violate God's word. Even though it may not always be easy to follow, don't violate his word. It's there to protect you and to keep you because he sees the end from the beginning. Number three, my last point. Actually, it's kind of my last point. Lastly, we need his strength to deny ourselves and follow Jesus wholeheartedly. This is hard. I want you to hear that again. I don't know if the point will come up. It says, I want to say right now, we need his strength to deny ourselves and follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Check out what Matthew 16, 24 says. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That does not sound sexy. Pastor Miriam, I did not sign up for that kind of Christianity. I signed up for the kind of Christianity is give me his promises. I want to be co-heir of his kingdom. I want to have all the good stuff. I want to get all the promises. I want the peace. I want the joy. I want the hope. I want this. But I don't want this. This looks hard. This is a struggle. What do you mean I have to deny myself? What do you mean I have to deny my flesh, my feelings? Why? Why? Okay, there's nothing wrong with you having feelings. Our feelings aren't indicators. They're flags of something that is going on inside of us, right? They alert us. Either something's wrong or something's fine, correct? But the moment you make your feelings your Lord, you're in trouble. The moment you make your flesh your Lord, you're in trouble. The moment you decide to bring down God's word to fit your experience, you're in trouble. 
We never do that. We need to bring our reality up to God's word because that's where healing is. That's where protection is. That's where victory resides. It is in the promise, protection, and healing of his word. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. But it's hard, Pastor Miriam. Heck yes, it is. I'm not going to stand up here pretending that it's easy. There are days that I'm like, why am I doing this, Lord? Why can't I be in corporate America somewhere? And everyone would leave me alone. Yeah, right. I told my sister that once. I'm going to be honest with you. Years ago, I was in a horrible, there was just a lot going on, like five, four years ago. Who knows? And I told my sister because I thought she was going to be like my get at a ministry free card. And because she, you know, she's like just down to earth and she's not my ministry friend and she's not like, you know, my church friend. She's just my sister and she's going to be real. So I said, yeah, Michelle, you know, I'm thinking of redoing my resume and going back into corporate America. <laughs> and just like my sister can do it. She's super sarcastic. She is Jersey. Let me tell you. She is Jersey. She looked at me, <laughs> margarita in hand. She's like, and do what in corporate America? And I was like, not be disappointed by people. She's like, are you out of your mind? She's like, do you know what the world, like there is no purpose like in what you can do there. Yeah, you can lead people to the Lord. And she didn't use those lines, but she's like, you know what you're called to. I'm like, don't you get Christianese with me, Michelle. And she's like, um, and go to what? And, and, and do what? And run from what? Like, this is what you're called to. And I'm like, I didn't come to you to hear that. But she told me the truth. And she said, you're just going through a struggle. Suck it up. And I'm like, I'm just looking for a little bit of compassion, okay? Don't go to Michelle when you need compassion. <laughs> and she's like, Miriam, just a rough season. Have a glass of red wine, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> And I just, in that moment, she said a few more things. I don't remember all of it now, but in that moment, I was like, man, I've been trying to do this in my own strength. I've been trying to deal with disappointments in my own strength. I've been trying to do discouragement in my own strength. And, and I had started to look to the side, to the wave, to the winds, and I felt the pain of the discouragement. I felt the pain of the disappointment. I felt the pain of the betrayal. And I allowed that to speak louder than the eyes that were staring at me to say, I love you. There is hope. There is a future. I've called you. I've appointed you. I've delegated you. I've done this for you. But so often we take our eyes off of this and we look everywhere else if you had a bad week turn your eyes to Jesus if you're struggling turn your, turn your eyes to Jesus COVID is happening turn your eyes to Jesus having issues with your spouse turn your eyes to Jesus there is uncommon strength in him these disciples that he was talking about when he said take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Let me tell you a little something about these disciples. They left everything. They left their families. They left their jobs. They left their businesses. They left their riches. They left their, their, their mindsets. They left their lifestyles. They left their, their religious rituals that was part of their heritage and part of all they knew as a family. Like They had their routine. And the moment they met Jesus and they encountered their Savior, they were like, this is it. This is what I'm alive for. This is it. It's Jesus. He's called me. He has designed my purpose. He has called me not unto happiness, but unto
the holiness. It is Jesus. Jesus, the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. It is Jesus. And the reality is we bow down to our flesh. We bow down to our feelings and we bow down to our emotions and we make them God instead of our Holy Ghost, instead of the Almighty One, instead of being faithful when it's hard. We bow our knee to the world. We bow our knee to culture. We bow our knee to our flesh. And I want to tell you today, in the name of Jesus, put your flesh to death now. There is hope for you. There is life for you. There is a new day for you. When you know Jesus, when you have fully encountered Jesus, it won't be easy, but don't turn your back on his word. Don't turn your back on his promise. Don't turn your back on his principles and on his word. It's for you, not against you. Have you really encountered Jesus? I asked this question last night. I truly believe there are some people who think they're saved and they're actually not. I truly believe that people think I just raised my hand. I, yes, I want to put my faith in Jesus, but they have not given their life to Jesus. We can't just have Jesus as Savior. He wants to be Lord of all. Have you given your life to Jesus, Christian, leader? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you said, I want to put my life in your hands, all of my life. I want you to be Lord. Denying ourselves is the complete opposite of what our culture is selling you today. The world will say, whatever makes you happy, whatever feels good, whatever you want, you be your God, whatever you identify with. Only one person, one person has the right to identify you, and that is your creator, and his name is Jesus. Let me tell you something, and I say this with all respect, all respect. I feel different all the time. Some days I'm feeling like a million bucks and some days when I'm on my period, I don't feel so great. I'm sorry guys, but this is a women's event. And if I'm gonna identify myself by how I feel one day and in three months and six months, I'm gonna be a hot mess. And we cannot base our life, our foundation, our building blocks on our feelings. They're indicators, but they are not our Lord. You must build your life upon what he says you are. And he calls you daughter. And he calls you royalty. The apple of his eye. You are enough because Christ is enough. And if you are in Christ, you have all of his riches and glories. If you are in Christ, if you have given your life to Christ. See, Christ came to make disciples, not just make fans. And we have a whole bunch of people who think they're Christians who are just truly fans and not followers. Yes, I like going to church. Oh, it feels so good in the presence of God. I feel his presence. Yeah, worship. I mean, go to a Bon Jovi concert. Go to like a Bruno Mars concert. Music is awesome. Just because it feels good doesn't mean you're actually tapping into the power and presence of God. Do you know God? Have you repented? Do you follow? Or are you just a fan? 
Denying your flesh will not be possible in your own strength. You will need Jesus. Me and Anthony need Jesus to lead this church. We are perfectly imperfect. We get it wrong sometimes. We need Jesus. That's why we need to be before his face. I mean, on our face regularly. If we need it, you need it. We need Jesus for the struggle. We need Jesus for the journey. We need Jesus for the temptation. We need Jesus when things are not adding up. You know when we need Jesus the most? When we've prayed about something and he still hasn't answered. That's when we need him the most. That's not the time to turn your back. Too many people who say they follow Jesus, the moment he hasn't answered them in the time that they thought it should be, they're like, well, he ain't real then. I'm going to do it my way. Then they go make a crap load out of their life. And they come back to the house. They got all broken. And then they want God to heal them in a moment. And they're like, why isn't God changing this? Because you didn't listen. And now it takes time to heal. It takes time to restore. It takes time to clean up. God is not looking for you to be perfect. But he's looking for you to go on a journey of discipleship. Will you deny yourself and follow him? Will you deny your flesh to be faithful? He's calling you to faithfulness, to holiness to purpose denying your flesh will not be possible in your own strength you will need Jesus you will need his perfect strength you will need the Holy Spirit to anoint you with his strength you're gonna need to wrestle sometimes with your flesh we have to stop that mindset that if it's too hard then it must just be meant to be and throw in the towel How do we get this uncommon strength? How do we live this out? How do we, how do we do this, right? Like, how, how? Isaiah chapter 40, I believe 31, it says, but those who wait, it's not saying wait for him to answer your prayer request. It's not saying like, wait for the man of your dreams to show up. It's not saying wait for the bank account to go up. It's not, no, he's saying those who wait. That literally means those who dwell in the presence of God. Those who dwell, those who reside in the presence of God, those who, who just lay in the presence of God, those who wait for the Holy Spirit to come and baptize you with power and baptize you with fire and baptize you with strength. It's for those who wait, those who, who dwell, those who reside, those who just come, Lord Jesus, come. Jesus, I need you every moment. I need you. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Why? Because it's not their strength. It is the strength of the Lord. They shall walk and not faint. If you know me, the moment I start walking too fast, I start fainting real fast. But you see, the moment you, you wait on the Lord, his strength comes over you, and you're able to do the very thing you never thought you could do. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm gonna have the worship team lead us in a song. It's a really simple song. Well, at least there's two lines that I know really well that are really simple. And I think I just sing that part over and over and over again when I don't really know what to say. It's Jesus, I need you.
every moment I need you. Do you know those lines, those two simple lines right there? Those two lines, it's, it helps you refocus on Jesus. Those two lines, Jesus, I need you. Anytime you say Jesus, even if you pray and it's just Jesus, that helps you realign yourself to Jesus. It's not God, get me out of this mess, or God, I need this, or God, I need that. No, it's Jesus. Jesus, I need you every moment. I need you. Why don't you stand? Here now, this grace part, heart sing out. I want to like speak some verses over to you as the worship team starts to prepare this song. I want these verses to become like an anthem in your heart tonight. I don't know if I'll go through all of them, but I'm going to read a few. Psalm 18, 39. It says, you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. Check that out. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You are ready for battle. He has armed you with strength. Psalm 46, 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Proverbs 18, 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And there's a whole bunch more. But I think we need in this moment, and I invited the women last night to do this. I know we're supposed to be social distancing, etc., and so you do you. But if you need to kneel, because we can do that if we need to. If you need to lay out, if you need to sit, if you need to stand, if you need to go to a corner somewhere, if you need to come to the altar and just reside in his presence and just get it. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe for some of you, it's the first time you're back in church since COVID. And you've been watching online and you've got your kiddos and it's just hard to focus sometimes. I want to invite you to take advantage of this moment. The altar is open. You can be at your seat. The worship team is going to play. But I want us to just let the Holy Ghost come. Anoint you with uncommon strength tonight. Strength for the battle. Strength for the struggle. Strength for the stormy waters. Jesus. I need you every moment. I need you here now. This grace for heart sing out. His grace for it. Come on, sing that again, Jesus. Jesus. 
Sing that again. Hope be my anthem. Hope be my anthem. Lord, when the world has fallen quiet, you stand beside me. Give me a song in the night. Jesus, I need you every moment. I need you here now. This place for hearts sing out your praise for us in beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. Find a weak and contrite heart, shoulder its burdens, carry into the night. Every voice, Jesus, I need you every moment. I need. it is in you that we find perfect strength. You are the source of our strength. And maybe we've forgotten it or maybe when the storms get pretty crazy, it's easy to look at the circumstances. But tonight, we realign our eyes back on you, Jesus. We know that we can cast our cares upon you, our burdens, our fear, our anxiety, our struggles. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. You know, all across this room, I spoke a little bit about 
being a disciple and what it means to follow Jesus. You know, he's not looking for fans, although that's a nice thing. He came for sons and daughters. He came for sons and daughters. And in this room in particular, he came for daughters. And so if you've never decided to not just place your faith in Christ, like, yes, place your faith in Christ, but if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, I don't want to do it my way. I, I want to do it your way. I want to be a fully devoted disciple. If that's you, and I know it may not sound very like, oh, that's something I want to sign up for, I promise you. It's worth every moment. It won't be easy at times, but in the storm, you have someone that will help you walk through those waters, carry you through those waters. You see, sometimes it'll be so hard that you actually won't be able to walk, but you'll, he'll carry you on the waters. So all across this room, if you would just do me a favor, if you could just close your eyes for a moment. All across this room, if you're saying right now to me, Pastor Miriam, even if you've been coming to church and you consider yourself a Christian, but maybe tonight you've realized that you've never really given your life to Christ. You love him, but you haven't given him your whole life. I invite you tonight to make that decision. All across this room, if you're saying, that's me, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want forgiveness of sins. I want to be a daughter. Would you just slip it up so I could see it? I'd love to pray for you. I see that hand, 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 I see that hand. Why don't we put them all down? Because there was a lot and I want to make sure I didn't miss it. On the count of three, if you raise your hand, I want you to raise it up again just so that I could see it. And I want you to raise it up high. On the count of three, if that was you, one, two, three, raise your hand, raise it up high. I see you, I see you, I see you. You three right there, I see you, I see you there. I see you too, I see you back there, you, you over there, these two here in the front, you over there on your knees, you over there, there's like a lot of you, it's incredible. I see you guys here. All right, you guys can put your hands down. Simple prayer, again, it's not the prayer, but it is the faith and the decision to be a follower that changes your life. So why don't you repeat after me, Jesus, tonight I decide to follow you. Tonight I place my faith in you, but tonight I give my whole life to you. I want you as Savior, but I want you as Lord of all. Forgive my sin, wipe it white as snow, in Jesus' name, amen. If you raised your hand tonight, we have a gift for you. Maybe you've gotten this before. So if you have, no worries. If you want another one, sure, why not? Maybe you can give it to someone at our Next Steps counter right out here, out those doors. You can pick one of these up for you. It'll help you on your next journey of what it means to follow Jesus. But I will tell you a great next step if you haven't done Thrive yet, get in a Thrive group. At the end of September, Transform groups come up again. Get in a Transform group. Be around people who will help disciple you in Christ. Well, that's it for me. Were you guys blessed tonight? Did you guys have fun? Um, let me just say, let me remind y'all, don't forget the promise we made in the beginning of the message. No judgment about my parenting skills, okay? 
Maybe you can judge Pastor Anthony, not mine, okay? Just kidding. Love you guys so much. I am so grateful you're here. I'll see you Sunday or at the next time that we can gather. Love you all. Mwah, mwah.